Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the French Catholic Cafe. We're set up here, Robert, again on this wonderful pilgrimage to Lourdes, France with the Order of Malta. Do every year. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's great. It never gets old. We do. And we've got a good topic today about an area of the world that there's so much suffering, uh, a little bit of a beacon of light that the Order of Malta is doing in the right, Holy Land. Right, in the Holy so. Land. And so we brought along an expert. That's right. We have okay. M- Michelle Bow. She's a dame of Malta, and she's also the president of Holy Family Hospital Bethlehem Foundation. Sounds like a mouthful, but... Does a mouth Welcome back. full of good, I guess. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. What a uh, beautiful afternoon we're having here in Lourdes. Yes, it is beautiful. And, uh, you know, even when it's raining, though, it's beautiful. If you've noticed that, there's still, still uh, uh, you know, hope well, and love. And it's wet, but it's beautiful. Wet and beautiful. That's, <laughs> it's, all, it's all part of God's beautiful world that well, we're in. And we're here under the mantle of Our Lady. And that's also beautiful. Uh, that's, that's neat to know. And, and uh, so I'm always intrigued, and maybe some people haven't heard and know what Holy Family Hospital is. And people think like, uh, well, is that like a Massachusetts General or is that like Memphis whatever? You know, is that like that little quick clinic down the corner where we go and you, you, you know, you, you cut yourself and you need to get some stitches quick or whatever? There's, it's not just a hospital, is it? It's not just a hospital and it's not just health care. Right. Holy Family Hospital is located 1,500 steps away from the birth Christ birthplace of christ just down the street from the manger 1500 steps now did you count these yourself i did that's well but but that's but that is so awesome yeah michelle that's just so cool so so now you know we've done shows and we've talked about pilgrimage and we talked about how special places are but imagine having your baby robert born near where the savior was, was was born i think that's kind of a a cool thing and not just something like neat to know but there's something profound about what happens and what's going well, on in the Middle it's East not now? Just wealthy. Do, do you just give birth to wealthy kids there, or is there something? Are these we give birth? We help mothers give birth to seventy percent of the babies in the entire um, southern district of Palestine, the West Bank, and we take care of all of the high risk pregnancies. Mm. And any of the babies who need uh, very specialized neonatal intensive care. So tell us why Holy Family Hospital is so special. I mean, what, what, what is it? What makes that just not an ordinary hospital? Well, if I start from the very top, there is a, a very large statue of the Blessed Mother. So we are working under the mantle of the Blessed Mother, mm-hmm. and we have 170 employees providing care to mothers giving birth to over 3,700 babies a year. But what I think is most special is we're really an instrument of peace. We have Muslims and Christians working together in the service of the mothers and the babies of the Holy Land. Now, see, that seems unheard of or just highly improbable. And maybe even some skeptical folks might say, Yeah, well, when you see the news today, you don't see a lot of Muslims and Christians working together in the Holy Land. Well, I'll tell you a story which just really warms my heart. Um, I just flew in from the Holy Land on Wednesday. And on Tuesday, um, I was up in the NICU. And I opened the doors, and where I normally see a very large crucifix, about two and a half feet tall, um, I saw a two and a half foot tall icon of the Holy Family, a beautiful icon encased in silver. And I went over to it, and I read a little sign in Arabic written underneath saying, this is a gift from the family of Zechariah. 
Wow. So I asked the doctor, well, who's Zachariah? And she said, oh, he's just over there in the corner. And I looked, and it was a tiny little baby in a bassinet um, receiving this very specialized care. He was born to a mother who had been married for five years, praying and praying for a baby, wasn't able to have one. Finally, had this baby early. Baby was in the intensive care unit. And this family, a Muslim family, thought that this neonatal intensive care unit would be a better place if it had a beautiful icon of the Holy Family right on the wall. Isn't that amazing? It's well, amazing. It's beautiful. And pay for it. It's amazing. Oh, and it's gorgeous. Silver, and you can't imagine. And it's just the first thing you see when you open the doors. The nurses and the doctors are all wearing uniforms with the shield, which is the cross of the order. And the mother of that baby came in, and she's a very beautiful woman with a headscarf on, and went straight over to her baby and started singing and touching him through the uh, little um, place where we put your hands in right. the bassinet. And I asked her, I said, well, why did, you, why did you bring us this? Why didn't you wait to say thank you as you were leaving? She said, no, no, no. The Holy Family Hospital is taking care of our babies, and so we are bringing you the image of the Holy Family for your NICU. Michelle, you know, one thing I think would help the listeners is like when, when I had my children, there were four different places we could go mm-hmm. to deliver. Yeah. You know, we had, to, was it Baptist Hospital or Methodist or yeah. St. Francis Hospital and there, or the Women's Center? I mean, these women, do they have other options other than Holy Family? Is this just one of 10 places you can go and deliver your children in, in Bethlehem? Or? Well, you know, healthcare is very limited there. Um, there is a government hospital, but it doesn't have a specialized NICU. And there's great distances um, to travel because of things like checkpoints. So it really, um, there aren't a lot of choices, but among the choices, it's really the choice. Um, when I was there in February, I was out in the desert in a tiny little Bedouin village called Rashida, And I was talking to the women who were waiting for the mobile um, medical unit for their turn to go in. And they were all pregnant women, varying in age from early 20s to late 30s, maybe early 40s. And the one woman who sort of stepped forward as a little bit of the spokesman was telling me how many children she had. And she had two and two and was waiting for her fifth. And I said, well, we have five. You're just like us. And then the other women were telling me how many children they had. And then I I looked at them and said, why do you go all the way into Bethlehem to have your babies? These are Bedouin women. They've been having their babies at home forever. Right. And the women, they looked at me and they said, all good mothers go to Holy Family Hospital to deliver their babies. And it was such a profound statement, and, and I knew they were good mothers, and it was just I felt so proud to um, to really share that with them. And they had all of their babies at the hospital. You know, and that's probably due to all of your good advertising on the local cable stations, right? <laughs> right? No, it's, 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 the, it's, it's the word, word of, of mouth. Yeah, it's word say. of mouth. And, Everybody and, shares it. And beautiful care, I'm sure, that's given there. And you, you mentioned a little bit about, we've talked about the fact that that you care uh, for anyone who comes in the door, regardless of their religious affiliation, right? That's right. The door is always open. It's just um, like the manger. No, but one, it's no one gets turned not away. Not specifically just Christian doctors or no. nurses or attendants. Uh, no. wh- what is the makeup, and how does how, how how does that work? How does a person go there to work? Um, well, we um, run some training programs with Bethlehem University. And with Al-Quds University, and so we hire some from there. We hire some through the Palestinian medical system. We are a um, Catholic teaching hospital, so we have residents. We have a resident program. And isn't it one of the largest employers of Christians in the area as well? It's I mean, the largest employer in Bethlehem, which makes me feel really proud because in the beginning we were talking about it's more than just a hospital. Well, right. it's more than just healthcare. We employ 170 people, which makes a big effect, and we buy locally as much as possible. So we really are a very good 
corporate citizen and an employer of choice. And Michelle, so I can understand it, but a lot of these people are poor people. They wouldn't have insurance that cares for maternity like we do in the United States. Is that, I mean, do you charge or do you have poor people that can't pay and Absolutely. take care of them well, regardless? We have two things. You know, we believe that um, everybody should contribute something to their health care if they can. It provides dignity. But it's in an area where life is really difficult. Sometimes it's very hard to find a job because of the wall. They can't leave outside of it. So we do have a social worker who can see families who need help, and she can give a sliding scale, which is down to zero. Um, about 18 months ago, we took away any fees away from our mobile clinic that goes out into the desert with the pediatrician because we noticed that some women were sort of deciding whether or not they had 10 shekel and maybe they could wait for another week. And we decided that's a barrier to health care. Right. We, we don't want to make a barrier to health care. Especially in the context of uh, you know pregnancies and things like right. that. To, to early um, uh, preventive things, are, it's important in, the in those earlier, situations. The earlier they get in, the better it is. And actually, to tell you the truth, the very best women in, the, um, in our region who do that are the Bedouin women. They're really? there. Yes, they're there gathered around the mobile the medical clinic. It's a little bit social. And they go in and they all have their little health cards, the health cards for the children, and they know how important it is. And yeah. now how long has Holy Family Hospital been operating there? Well, the hospital itself has been operating for about 150 years. It was a general hospital. Right. And it was run by the uh, Daughters of Charity. And You don't look a day over 120. I mean, so obviously <laughs> you weren't there. And obviously the order wasn't involved in it. No, the, um, it, it was um, becoming unviable to run. It was big and it wasn't specialized. And so the um, uh, Pope John Paul asked the order if they would take it over. And the order said yes. But the order runs about 20 hospitals around the world, so it's really quite an expert in hospitals. And what they did was decide to uh, do a study and see what was most needed in the region. And what was most needed was a um, very high-quality um, maternal and infant health care. So awesome. it, was, it was reopened in about, about 25 years ago. We've delivered around our 69th thousandth baby. 69,000 babies. Yeah. Wow, that's a big family. It's enough to fill a stadium. Isn't that incredible to think that that hospital there is enough to fill up a stadium? And ha- that, that, that's like a profound effect because of the, the, the follow-up effect that happens in terms of everyone seeing and realizing and, and how many people have been touched by, you know, essentially by the gift of life and, and peace mm-hmm. there in, in Bethlehem to be, able, to be able to experience that. I've done a little back-of-the-envelope calculation, and I calculate that our hospital has touched the lives of over a million people. Well, see, that's a great, that's a very, very successful uh, mission experience. That means you still um, have a lot more to do. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more in that region that that it's not like you're done. You, no. You've finished. Uh, and who knows where the, where the future might go uh, with that. But uh, I, I think it's awesome, though, that, uh, that so many people trust and respect uh, the people that run the hospital. And because, you know, it, and the world is not a trusting world right now. Right, we, we we look skeptically, and there's also these religious differences, and there tends to be a lot less conversation than there is accusation or uh, argument uh, arguments made, et cetera, et cetera. So you've obviously overcome that those those barriers. You know, even physically, our hospital is an oasis of peace. The doors are always open. The garden is gorgeous and green with beautiful flowers. And on Friday mornings, Muslim women come to have their wedding pictures taken near the statue of the Blessed Mother. 
And on Saturday mornings, the Christian women come to have their pictures taken by the Blessed Mother. So it's really everyone is welcome. It's a very peaceful place. People feel well taken care of, but being surrounded by beauty gives people a lot of dignity. That sounds awesome. We have more to talk to Michelle Bow about, a dame of Malta and the president of the Holy Family Hospital Bethlehem Foundation. I think we should talk more about that when we come back. Before we do, uh, we're going to take a break. I want to let you guys know uh, that we have a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. With that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. The world has long wrestled with belief in God, belief in a supreme and loving creator who transcends all things, all spaces, and all time. And countless words of wisdom have been written through the ages by Catholic and non-Catholic thinkers alike about the meaning, importance, and construct of faith. American writer and poet Elizabeth York Case writes, There is no unbelief. Whoever plants a seed beneath the sod and waits to see it push away the clod, he trusts in God. St. Thomas Aquinas, doctor of the church, writes, To one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. If a man wishes to be sure of the road he treads on, St. John of the Cross tells us, he must close his eyes and walk in the dark. Faith, says Helen Keller, is the strength by which a shattered world shall emerge into the light. First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt writes, He who loses money loses much. He who loses a friend loses much more. He who loses faith loses all. St. Augustine, early father of the church, reminds us, Faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe. In St. Matthew's Gospel, Jesus himself speaks of the great power and promise of this gift of faith. He tells us, For truly I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. As defined in our Sunday Visitor's Catholic Dictionary, faith is the first of the theological virtues. Together with hope and love, faith brings about the life of sanctifying grace in the human person. Faith is truly a gift from God. We cannot manufacture it or create it out of nothing. It is not a faucet that we can turn on or off. No, it is indeed a beautiful and precious gift given out of love to each of us from God. And by definition, because it is a gift, it must be received. And once received, it must be nurtured, tended, cared for, cultivated, and developed. Faith must be lived or it will die. It is only in living a life of faith that we are truly alive. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. 
I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here with Robert Hutton, and we are on pilgrimage uh, in Lourdes, France, with the Order of Malta. And we've got Michelle Bowe, who's the Dame of Malta and the president of the Holy Family Hospital Bethlehem Foundation. We're so lucky to have you here, and tell us about this really cool place uh, in, in, uh, in the Holy Land. Which, you know, I think, Michelle, one of the things that strikes me about why it's so important is it just seems like today there's so much violence in the world, particularly ethnic, uh, Islamic, Christian. You know, the stories you hear about Muslims and Christians coming out of the Middle East is usually somebody's being killed or a bomb's going off. And it just seems to me that the Holy Family Hospital is really doing something in a very quiet way to try to correct that or build relationships and hopefully build Peace. I mean, that, to me, that's one of the unique things about Holy Family Hospital. It's an interest, an, an instrument of peace and a place of great hope. We're saving mothers and babies, particularly the babies, every day. We've got a um, very state-of-the-art NICU that can take care of the most complicated cases. Right now we have, or as of Wednesday, we had 22 babies in our NICU. Normally we only have space for 18, and we like to leave two of the beds empty, but... We wound up with a pair of um, twins that were born at 23 weeks, mm. and they're at this point they're almost 100 hours old, and they're surviving. And I'd, I'd really like to ask all of you to pray for these two babies because it's just um, so critical. They came out crying at 23 weeks. Wow. Just they they were so attached to life and they so wanted to live. And our NICU staff just did everything they could to take such great care of these babies, and uh, it, it's going beautifully. That is awesome. And so, uh, you know, this idea of how we attain peace and so many people will think it's whether it's some kind of strong military or it's just negotiations or if it's sanctions or all these different things we're trying to bring peace. And, and yet you guys have found a way right. to bring peace through medicine, through health care. Well, if you save a child, you hear you have Christian Catholics working to save children of Muslim families has got to make an impression. I mean, it just seems to me that those kinds of bonds, saving someone's child, is it's a key movement towards peace. Yeah. You know, the gift of life is the greatest gift. And so when you take a baby from a troubled pregnancy or a baby that's been in the NICU for three months and put that baby into their mother's arms to take them home, that mother's going to always tell the child that story. And that's a beautiful gift of peace. Um, I met another baby in the NICU who was um, born actually at the government hospital and within minutes transferred to our hospital. The baby's um, heart arteries were all transposed Mm. and it had a big hole in its heart and that baby needed to be transferred for surgery that night or it was not going to live. And rather than, because we don't do surgeries and we're not a cardiac hospital, rather than putting that baby aside and praying for it, we got on the phone and called everybody we knew and the uh, Perez Center outside of Tel Aviv helped us get the uh, transportation arranged and our neediest baby fund helped us put a deposit down and within no time at all that baby was transferred to a hospital in Tel Aviv and an Israeli doctor agreed to do this surgery for free. See now look you're just bringing all these different this is just amazing. This kind of stuff is amazing. We have the three monotheistic religions working together to save the lives of these tiny Palestinian babies. Right and so these little tiny babies become the the greatest ambassadors for peace they do they, they come, do so much more than all the adult babies have been have been doing for years well, and their families do too these babies come home that baby will come back from tel aviv probably in about 10 days two weeks and it'll come into our NICU and be cared for and it'll need two more surgeries and i always make sure that i give the parents the language 
to use when they go home. I say, wow, what a beautiful baby. What a miracle. That baby was born at this Catholic hospital with Muslim and Christian doctors and midwives, and that baby needed a life-saving surgery. And we were able to transfer that baby to Tel Aviv, and an Israeli doctor operated on that baby for free. And that's probably a, I don't know, $150,000 surgery, more than a Palestinian normal family would make in 10 years. That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. Now, do you have the same experiences with, like, this mobile clinic that goes out? Yeah. Uh, how does that work? What, what, what's, that, what's involved in that? That's beautiful. We send it out with a, um, a nurse, a pediatrician, and a OBGYN. And it's a, um, it goes to the exact same places every week at the same time, so the families know when they're waiting for us. And I was just out with it on um, a week ago, Thursday, and we stop um, on Thursdays at three particular Bedouin villages in the desert. And the families come. It was a, um, a day that didn't have school, so there were lots of skilled school children, and they were telling us about their school. And their school was a shipping container that mm. had been painted brightly and had desks inside. And it was, um, it was a nice school, but it was not like any school my children have ever gone to. Right. But the children were so proud of it. And the um, mothers and fathers were bringing their children to the pediatrician, and I was watching the pediatrician scan a crowd, and it saw the baby. His head looked a little misshapen, and so he went up and said, oh, let's bring that baby in. And so he was able, a baby who wasn't being presented to be checked, he saw it, was able to take care of it, and probably did some early intervention. Um, And the mothers were coming in, pregnant mothers, um, women who were um, no longer having babies. And whenever there is an issue detected, they can then ask these families, you know, at some point to, um, you know, within a few days to go to the hospital for a, a bigger check. We do have a um, ultrasound in the van, so these mothers can have ultrasounds, which can uh, detect any issues and help with determining the uh, the age and the health of the baby. That's really cool. There's lots of stuff going on, but how is it that this becomes relevant to the people who might be listening? How is it that you might need help or assistance, and in what way? Well, you know, there's a number of different ways, and of course, um, praying for the mothers and the babies and the clinicians is a really important way. But after that is going to our website at www.birthplaceofhope.org. What a nice name, birthplaceofhope.org. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And you can make a donation um, to help save the life of a baby or to help an older mother maybe have a um, mammogram to detect for cancer or a pap smear um, and to um, help a child who needs a pediatric visit. But another thing you can do is to involve your parish. You can go speak to your pastor um, and have him, and you can look maybe together on our website. And we have a beautiful program to involve an entire parish. There's something for the school children. There's something for the religious education children. And there's something for the uh, parish together. And it's a beautiful program that you could implement during Advent. And so it's like a, a, a mission or some kind of organized thing that helps people become aware of what's happening there and get them involved? It is. It's about um, learning the real story and the true story of Christmas. Um, in Bethlehem, every day is Christmas. That is, that is so wonderful. And so let me ask you a personal question. Why, what do you enjoy about this? What, what, is, what is your connection uh, with Holy Family Hospital? And what is it that brings you, uh, wakes you up every day going, like, I'm so glad I'm involved in this You know, that's a kind of a hard question. We have five children, and I love children. I love babies. um, But I love giving people the gift of hope. And just really not much more makes me happier than watching one of those babies go into its mother's arms or 
watching a baby come back after it's been in the NICU for three months and come back to visit a year later or two years later. And just you just see that joy. And I just think, you know, Mother Teresa talked a lot about helping one person at a time. Well, right now we're helping 22 infants at a time and birthing 13 babies a day. But that, that just makes me um, happy because I just feel that the person there in the Holy Land that's respon- who will be responsible for peace... I believe will have already been born at Holy Family Hospital mm. or is waiting to be born at Holy Family Hospital. That's an amazing thing to think about. Yeah. Like, Robert, we're, we're looking like, well, what is our hope? And, and, uh, and, and just to know that, like, well, you know, that hope might have already been born in, this, in the context of that hospital, yeah. that person. When I say the hope, I'm not, That's right. not taking any credit away from God Almighty, but just the, the, the instruments that he would use, right? The instruments that's, that's that he would use believe, here. Right. Are, are, and that's such a neat thing to think about every day that, like, I wonder if this is the one. And I do think about that. You know, Bethlehem is such a holy city itself. It's it's King David's royal city. It's the city, of course, where Jesus was born. It's the lineage of Mary and the lineage of Joseph. It's where the three kings came. It's really, you can just feel the holiness emanating. And the people there are so special. I, I honestly, I can't walk down to the grotto anymore on the main street if I'm in a hurry. I have to walk on the back streets because I get stopped by so many people to show me their babies, to thank me to talk about, you know, a great story that happened at the hospital. And it's really, it's a small town. It's a little town of Bethlehem where the miracles happen 12 times a day, every day, 365 days a year. And I imagine you work with some great people too. They're amazing. It's really, I'm so um, in awe of these people. One of the um, neonatologists that I was chatting with the other day, did his residency and his studies at Syracuse, and he could have stayed in the United States where life is it's a lot easier. You have running water every day. Mm-hmm. You have electricity 24 hours a day. But his heart and home is in Bethlehem, and so he went home with his wife, and they've had their two children. They have another baby on the way. She's a cardiologist, runs our cardiology clinic, and he's a uh, neonatologist, and they want to be home. They want to serve the people who live in the birthplace of the Lord. Well... It's, it's, it's wonderful what you've told us, and I, and I hope this uh, show helps people to know what's going on in the Middle East. It's not always what people might think is going on in the world, uh, that there is a, 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 it is, it's a, it is a birthplace of hope. And, and again, the website, birthplaceofhope.org, is where one would go to find out more information, perhaps even to offer some kind of prayerful assistance, but monetary assistance, whatever can be offered to, to help keep this mission uh, going where it needs to go. Michelle, thank you so much for spending time with us here at the Catholic Cafe, taking time out of your busy pilgrimage to spend this time of hope with us. And so you mentioned that the hospital was sort of constructed under the protective mantle of Our Lady. And so we should ask Our Lady just to watch over us and to always guide us to her son. Hail Mary, full, full of, of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com, where you can find out more information about The Catholic Cafe, listen online, download MP3s, or subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com.
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.